2: Get in the know, nonstop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on
1: Score North and ScoreNorth.com. Man, uh, I've actually watched the Vikings a couple of times. Man, it's just like a—I know they have a top ten offense. Uh, if, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, so it's like watching like Dalvin Cook hit the hole and like break for like a sixty-yard run. It's like you're, you're saying to yourself, like, look, I want to be blocking for a guy like that. Seeing Kirk Cousins throwing like a, a deep ball to Justin Jefferson. It's like explosive plays happening all across the field um, from anybody who's on the field. Like you want to play in that type of offense,
0: you know. You've seen teams kind of manipulating around to make sure they got the guys they wanted. Everybody, uh, you know, I don't want to call you know, falls in love with a guy that they want to go get. Um, and I think they're all going to be great players. I thought you know the teams made a lot of great picks, but we, you know, as I can speak of, of if we were considering the guy strongly at 14 uh and still able to get him where we got him uh that was a, a great night for us yeah you know um i hate to say instant starter you, you know what i mean these guys got to come in here and prove themselves just just like everybody else does um, you know hopefully that's what he is um it was important for us to get some more size like I said before, with our offensive line, um, we felt like we needed some, some bigger guys in there as well. And, um, you know, and there was defensive guys we were looking at, too. Football.
2: Boys. Boys, welcome to Purple Daily. Mackie Judd, executive producer Declan, presented by TCL. Enjoy more of what you love with TCL. Mike Zimmer looking sharp I love at the post game podium last night. A lot of drip. You like the coat? I like it. Dude, that was that was retro like... little little almost like an Alabama like old Bear
0: Bryant feel to the to the sport got coat there. One question though. The National Football League is generates billions and billions of dollars, right? The COVID nineteen sticker. Like we couldn't come up with like a better like patch or something behind them. Like the, it, it looks like uh, welcome to the party. Just my write your name Mike. down and yeah. put hello. My name hello, is Rick. My
2: name is Rick, and I like, have been vaccinated. I like these
0: <laughs> worth billions, and they're like, hey, just slap that sticker on your sport coat and go out there and show them we're we're anti COVID. <laughs> oh man, just it's what
2: what what a bold stance, by the way. Anti COVID. We are anti COVID here. We have never been NFL. for COVID ever, ever, ever. <laughs> So we're going to do a few things on Purple Daily. Uh, first of all, thank you to everybody for just hanging out with us all night last night on the Purple Daily slash Vikings Ventline live draft special. We had, we're, the, the the listens and the views are still coming in, but it was the most successful night in the history of Purple Daily last night, and uh, and we thank you. We moved over 14,000 subscribers on the YouTube channel, and so... Uh, we had a blast. We, we love just sort of being the, I guess, the leaders of this community, but really it's driven by all of you Vikings fans, and, uh, and we greatly appreciate you. And, and we're going to do it again tonight, by the way. There's going to be another—we'll jump in sometime in the second round, and, uh, and we'll go live, and we'll react, and uh, we'll open up the vent lines again because the Vikings have a lot of things they can do tonight. So on this episode of Purple Daily, we'll uh, give our sort of second-day thoughts on the first round yesterday. We'll give you some ideas of who the Vikings could target in the second and third round tonight. But, boys, let's start out with the most important thing, which is making fun of the Green Bay Packers and their fans. This is Packer Ventline, courtesy of our friends, the fan in Milwaukee, and our close friend, I believe, Rami Makloff, was the one who was stirring the drink last night.
0: Uh, I've never liked Mark Murphy. Never liked him, really, at all. Uh, He's more interested on, you know, Making skating rinks around Lambeau Field and things like that. In my opinion, that's just my opinion.
2: You know, the thing with Love—they drafted him last year.
1: Hmm,
0: doesn't that sound awfully familiar? Shouldn't it? Shouldn't it sound awfully familiar to him, considering that's exactly what they did to Favre, exactly what they did to Favre. But yet, Favre stuck around for what three more years, and Rogers sat on the
2: bench. So, why would Rogers think that Love all of a sudden is now? The guy that's going to steal his job from him. I blame him. This type of thing, being uh, butthurt or whatever you want to call it, over them drafting a quarterback of the future, is exactly why you lose NFC Championship games, buddy. And if you're not going to be able to win that game, like Montana did, like Brady did, like all these other greats did multiple times, then you're just a large cap hit because Mark Sanchez got the three NFC championship games. So you know what I'm doing tonight? I want number two from the Jets. That's all I care about. If you want to throw in more, if you want to sweeten it more, fine. Give me Quentin Williams. In fact, we'll pay the difference between the two salaries, but I need Zach Wilson but you and know, I the need thing Aaron is, is you know Aaron
0: it. was gone the very next day after the Packers lost the championship game to film his Jeopardy. He's only half there. He's only like half into football. He's into it when it's fun. Yes. Oh, oh. oh so we're dumping on we're dumping on Rogers. This Dude, is they're,
2: yes. They're turning on him.
0: Twenty six and sixth, the last two regular seasons, and we're dumping on Rogers. You know what? I will give you a team right now that will take a guy who spends <laughs> a large portion of his time on a game show and a portion of his time playing quarterback in the National Football League. Call Rick Spillman right now. I bet he would take that guy. Hey, you know, yeah. you, you want to film Jeopardy? Wherever you want to do it, it's fine with us. Dude, as this long is, as you're there for the games. This is what happened
2: at the end of the Brett Favre run, too, is they just started lashing. All the fans started lashing out at Brett Favre, like, well, he just retires all the time. He's just, he's just, you know. And then they burned his jerseys, and they wrote him off. And then, of course, predictably, five years after the fact, they're having the retirement of the jersey ceremony, yeah. and he's back together with Bart Starr and Aaron Rodgers. Oh, we, sorry about burning your jersey and uh, lighting your restaurant on fire, Brett. We love you. Like, it's so, uh, by the way, George Payton, the Broncos general manager, former Vikings assistant GM, so he said – I think he's doing a press conference this morning because uh, I'm seeing these quotes come out. So the, so Mark Schlereth had reported yesterday that it was a, basically a done deal. Rodgers was going to be a Bronco. Mm-hmm. And so George Payton said he felt, quote, compelled to do his due diligence on Aaron Rodgers. When a third party made it clear to him that Brian Gutekunst had no desire to entertain such a conversation, Payton quickly abandoned the speculative scenario and pivoted back into draft mode. So so maybe this is going to be amazingly wildly uncomfortable between the two parties, but maybe this thing is dead after all. So who...
0: Is Teddy the Broncos' starting QB then? As of right now, yes. Well, I mean, him and Drew Lock yeah, are going to. No, I know, but I right mean, now. I'm just very interested in. I'm interested in this dynamic. I don't know that Teddy can be. I don't know. I just just seems to me that after what we saw in Carolina, unless he keeps coming back from the leg problem and the various injuries he's had, that is going to be. I, I don't know. I I don't know. Why I would count on him completely.
1: You, you don't have That's one quarterback. Funny. You got two quarterbacks at your disposal. I I think they're sitting pretty pretty right now. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> They're doing all
2: right. Yeah, Declan has quarterback beer. Quarterback beer, uh, basically, like beer trifocals is what I would call Declan's quarterback evaluation. Bottle glasses. So, boys, uh, after sleeping on it, now that you've had uh, at least three hours sleep last night and we're back at it again this morning, what are your thoughts on the first round for the Vikings and what they did trading back and taking Christian Darisajud?
0: I think they did a very good job. Uh, They look. They. I think the the only second guess, and it's more of a question than a second guess from my end that I have, are what was what was the real interest that the Vikings had in Justin Fields before the Bears made the trade with the Giants and um, got ahead of the Vikings in the draft and took him, and were the Vikings aggressive in that vein? Did did they? How much did they like him? Because he is the one quarterback that was around their territory of fourteen at the time in the draft and they didn't get. Uh, I still cannot get myself worked up about the Mac Jones thing. If Mac Jones goes on to have a great career with the Patriots, that will definitely be talked about and second-guessed. I personally, right now this morning, uh, can't get worked up about that. And if they – look, to me it's a very fine line here. If they drop back from 14 to 23 and and one of those pass rush ends who was not there by the time they picked, had been there, and they took one. I would have rolled my eyes and said, really, more defense, which is what, as a cynic, I expected. And they did not do that. The fact that saw then uh, dropped from 14 to them at 23 and that they still accumulated some more collateral and made what is a, you know, on paper, good trade with the Jets to get more, and then got a left tackle, I like. And the second part, too, and I, I was going through this after we got done with our show last night. And it's an important dynamic to a conversation, Phil, that we had on the old show quite a bit and at the time was absolutely relevant and now has pivoted and changed. Starting with the 2018 draft, Rick Spielman has addressed offensive line in the first two rounds a lot. O'Neal in 2018 is your starting right tackle. Bradbury, who is a question mark, but he was a first round pick starting center. Um, Ezra Cleveland, second round pick 2020 is your starting right guard. Christian Darasaw, barring something bizarre happening, uh, first round 2021 will be your opening day left tackle. So the fact that Spielman went years or it felt, it felt like he did without addressing offensive line in the first or second round is now a bygone thing. They have for the last several years now definitely finally did what we talked about which was looked at the fact that they were not being serious enough about that position and addressed it early in the draft.
2: Yep, I loved what they did last night. You know, it's it's sometimes Rick gets carried away with the trader Rick thing. Like he he always he always seems to prioritize wanting double-digit draft picks and making sure that he's trading back to accumulate more picks. and So he's he's more of a quantity drafter than a quality drafter. Not that mm-hmm. he's not focused on quality. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying he's ignoring quality. But sometimes I feel like, dude, okay, 15 draft picks is a little aggressive. Maybe use some of those to move up in a couple spots strategically. I think they're going to move up into the second round strategically tonight. In fact, I will not be happy if they – if they take the seven picks they have between rounds three and four, where there's a lot of good value in players, you could leverage those picks to move up into the second round. If they look to move back with that collection of picks, it's going to make me mad. Mm-hmm. But um, but I, I was not upset with the way that they moved back last night for two reasons. Number one, um, a lot of the blue-chip type guys like the Panay Sewells, like guys that you would sort of cross your fingers and hope would fall. Rashawn Slater, who was drafted one spot before you. Um You know, a lot of those guys, and you could even say Justin Fields that the price to move up to seven, as they were having discussions with the Lions, according to Doogie, uh, involved future first round pick and maybe more. That they just they just deemed it more valuable to move back if they thought they could still get one of the guys that they had circled in Christian Dariusaw. So, so I'm going to echo what Rick Spielman said. All of these guys are lottery tickets to some extent, and so if if you can have a guy identified at 14, still get him nine picks later and fleece the jets in the process and pick up two third round picks and 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 people who looked at the draft value chart said they picked up the equivalent of an extra fourth round pick of value in that trade. And so obviously it'll depend on if Elijah Vera Tucker pans out for the Jets and if Christian Darrisaw pans out for the Vikings and that will be how this draft is is graded in the long haul but Really, it's about process, because again, you don't know. like Elijah Ver Tucker and Christian Derrissaw and everybody else that was drafted in the first round, there's a certain percentage bust on their head. And uh, and so all you can do is work good process. And I thought the Vikings did a great job of that last night, and they fixed their most glaring need on offense. The second most position next to quarterback on offense is left tackle. And um, they had some options. They could have moved Ezra Cleveland. They could have moved Brian O'Neill, but Going into the draft, they did not have a left tackle, and now they have one that almost everyone
0: feels great
2: about, and a guy that was 15th on Pro Football Focus's big board going into the draft.
0: I was really afraid the one thing was that they were going to continue first-round defense and go past rush end, and I was going to melt down then because it's just just like it's too much. But this is good. Yeah, this is fine. I, I think that, as we discussed last night, No matter what you think of the Vikings, they definitely have a a mission statement somewhere, right? With Rick and with Mike and the Wilfs. And I don't think that we necessarily completely agree with with that statement, Phil. But, I mean, it does say a few things. It says accumulate as many picks as possible in each draft, which they do. And it also says be as competitive as you think that you can possibly be for the next year. Which, which I don't love. Like, I do think that there are times to take a step back and say, yeah, I don't, I don't know about this year, but I, I do know that if it's not great, it will, it will benefit us in the long run. They 1000% don't see it that way. So they are always going to, as far as I can tell, they are always going to draft, um, for essentially that year and, and, the Darasaw pick, I like because it serves two roles. One, it does help you right now. There, you know, he, he should plug and play on opening day of training camp this summer. And secondly, if you're right, you just got five years of team control, a really friendly contract salary cap wise for a player who plays a marquee position. What about you, Dex? How do you, now, now that you've slept for an hour and a
2: half after posting <laughs> all of our content on demand to score north platforms, what do you think?
1: Uh, yeah, I, I think it's a good pick. I, I, I put a grade on it. I would say it's it's in, in, in the first round of what they did. Cause it's more than just picking Christian Darius. Obviously, with the capital they picked up, I think it's a B plus. I'm going to go with a B plus. Um, I think it's it's too early to call it an A. And I know a lot. Everyone always criticizes grades right away after a draft. You can't really grade a draft class to like two years out to really get the full full spectrum. But the fact that they targeted Darisaw, the mocks had Dariusaw at 14. The Vikings were able to move back nine spots. I mean, my phone was blowing up from my friend saying, why are we just skipping out on these tackles? Why are we skipping on these tackles? I said, I wouldn't be surprised if those same tackles are available again by the time the Vikings pick at 23. And this still gives you enough capital if you want to move up to the second round. Um, to Judd's point of, I think there's a misconception with fans on, well, what, what, the Vikings, just they never address the offensive line. They never address the offensive line. They have addressed the offensive line. It's their evaluation of the talent they have brought in that is, I think, the more criticizing part. They signed Riley Reef to a big contract. They have found Brian O'Neill. They've taken Garrett Bradbury. They've now taken Christian Derrissaw. Ezra Cleveland's a second-round pick. Judges listed it out. There's first and second-round capital there. There's Riley Reef who was signed to a big contract. So, yes, they've taken stabs the offensive line. It just hasn't executed to the way that fans want it to see, and I do think that is a big misconception of where fans... Try to figure out why the Vikings ignore the offensive line.
0: And I, I think that, in fairness, Bradbury is is still, to me, a jury is 1,000% out. It mm-hmm. might be a bad pick. I mean, it might be a really bad pick. But in fairness to them, O'Neal is good. Like, he's a legit player. He's a good player. Cleveland, I think, is going to, to be good. I think he was a, a good pick. Derrissaw should be, Right. Here's the problem, back to what Dex said, where where I think we all get an impression of things. And we're not wrong, but it's why it was so detrimental. When you play a guy like Dakota Dozier for 16 games, what are we supposed to think? Like, you, you literally have a decent line. It's not great, but a decent line. Center might be weak, okay? But then you, for 16 games, so I'm not talking five games, I'm not talking eight games. For 16 games, you start a guy at left guard who has no business playing, no business playing. And he, he grades out awfully game by game, but he still plays. And we see that. And fair or not, I think that's our impression of how they feel about the line because he is so bad. So, so we don't see O'Neill or Cleveland as much. What we see is, Why aren't you addressing this? And that's the frustration. And that's where, like, a few years back, Phil, Joe Berger, who was a veteran journeyman guy who signed, but they plugged him in and he was sufficient. He he was okay. He was, dare I say, maybe good, okay? And we all said, I get that. But the Dakota Dozier thing, I think, is what blew us away in terms of saying, are you taking this seriously? And that's their own doing when you start that guy for an entire season. And now, if if Darisaw
2: pans out, a lot of the excuses for why this team wouldn't be a Super Bowl contender start to go away. I mean, I still think there's some depth moves to be made. They don't have it perfect at every position. I'm not saying that. They still need a second edge rusher to emerge. And maybe D.J. Wanham is that guy internally. You know, we don't know who the left guard is going to be. So they don't have a pristine, perfect roster all around. I don't know if any team does in the NFL because – it's just really hard when you're when you're limited with uh, with cap space. But if if they if they make you feel a little bit better, let's say they let's say they draft um, at some point here in the next couple of days another interior offensive lineman, maybe some secondary depth, and now you feel a little bit better about some of these positions. Their defense should pop back up into the top ten, maybe even top five, with all the pieces they have. I think Patrick Peterson working under Mike Zimmer is going to see a resurgence in his career. Christian Derisaw as a potential franchise left tackle. Might take him a little bit as a rookie to to figure out some of these NFL bull rushes off the edge, right? But I mean he's a blue chip talent. And you've got Brian O'Neill. Ezra Cleveland was solid at right guard. I mean, you've got you've got some some pieces now, and it just kind of feels like, okay, things aren't ever going to be perfect. So Kirk, offense, Mike Zimmer with your defense. This is it, man. Like this is I, th- I think when it, when it comes to the field stuff that you brought up earlier, because there's a lot of indications, and Doogie's been doing some great reporting on this, the Vikings yep. were interested in fields and were even talking trade with at least the Lions to move up and maybe even talking trade with other teams, the Cowboys, et cetera. And I think I think they, 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 they surveyed the landscape. They probably saw the Aaron Rodgers to the Denver Broncos rumors and reports coming in at the beginning of the draft. And if they were on the fence about Justin Fields who probably doesn't help you a lot in 2021 because you're still going to play Kirk Cousins, Mm -hmm. um, or a lineman that can help Kirk Cousins, I think they probably had all these discussions leading up to the draft, and then they had him again during the draft, and they said, listen, we put all the work into making this defense better again in March. There's a couple tackles on the board that immediately elevate our offensive line and help fix the main problem offensively from last year. And Kirk is still in his prime. He's still our quarterback. And that money is a sunk cost regardless. And so why not give him the protection that he hasn't had the last couple of years and take excuses off the board? And so I see their logic. And we'll get more into the Justin Fields thing. Uh, we're going to do a deeper dive on Mackie and Judd today. So, so check that out. That's our other daily show, Mackie and Judd, Purple Daily, all of it at scorenorth.com. And I see their logic. Um, they are all in for 2021 after this Darisaw pick. And if Aaron Rodgers does get traded out of the conference, they are the clear-cut favorites to win the division. And you can start to see a path for doing some damage in the playoffs if this team gels and stays healthy.
0: I've got a question off the Darisaw pick, and it goes to how the Vikings uh, approach offense from a play-calling and philosophical standpoint. If you are putting together or have a line that can now sufficiently pass pass Protect. And I think Cousins was sacked 36 times last year, which was the sixth most among QBs, which is way too much. But if you're putting together a line now that's going to be anchored by guys who can pass protect, does that change Clint Kubiak's style from what his dad did as far as giving Cousins the ability to throw more as well to Jefferson, Thielen, Irv Smith? And I mean some deep shots too. So I don't mean just. Uh, dink and dunk, and matriculate down the field? I mean deep shots. Does this give them a freedom that they didn't feel that they had if the line does continue to improve to, as we like to say, let Kirk cook? Yeah, what I would love to see. So
2: last year, the Vikings and Kirk Cousins were 27th in the NFL in pass attempts. They had more than 100 fewer pass attempts then the Steelers, the Chiefs, I'm just looking at other playoff teams. There's some bad teams on this list that were just behind all the time, like the Cowboys and the Falcons. The Buccaneers had 100 more pass attempts, um, and even even the Washington football team, which, which wound up going to the playoffs sub-500, had 100 more pass attempts. The Vikings have the weapons, and they've got the quarterback to throw the ball more, and if you want to go from a good offense to a great offense, you're going to have to throw the ball more. Not, I'm sorry, you're not going to just like bust off two 70-yard touchdown runs every single game. Exactly. I'm not saying throw the ball on every play. I'm not saying ignore the run game. You can still be run heavy, but I think even if it's like a small handful more passes per game, mm-hmm. if it's three to four more passes per game in yeah. spots that make sense on second and short, the Vikings are one of the most conservative teams on second and short, for example, right? Open it up and 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 let Kirk Cousins find Justin Jefferson twice more per game and see what happens. And it's possible that it was less of a schematic thing and more of a we only trust our offensive line to go forward and block for Dalvin Cook thing. Right. And maybe Christian Darrisaw, who's also a, a in college a great run blocker as well. He's just a great all-around offensive lineman in college, but maybe this get maybe to your point, maybe this gives them more confidence to drop back an extra two or three or four times per game in strategic spots to to score an extra few points.
0: If on second and short you scheme in, let's say second and short throughout the course of a football game, you get in there two more, two more Justin Jefferson, nine routes. Go ahead and hit the football sounder. Oh, sorry. My bad. <laughs> there you go. Got it. football. You go. Two more JJ nine routes. Okay. Just two more. Think about the potential there, and and now this would take. So this would take two things: one, trust in your line, which I would think would have to be building somewhat, and the second thing, it would take an agreement between the the between Clint Kubiak, Zimmer, and Cousins that you are going to possibly throw two more fairly at times risky passes. I mean, at times Je- Jefferson might surprise. People, I don't think this will happen a lot and be open, but that's also a tough throw at times. But we know that Kirk can make that throw. That's what I want to come back to. You know what? Let's focus on what we know Kirk can do well, and we have se- seen this with Diggs for sure. Kirk can make a very tough throw. I don't know that he likes to, and I think that there are people with the Vikings they're scared to do this. But we have seen him make very tough throws, and they've been things of beauty, right? So Phil. If he did it twice more, which is not going to statistically shift a lot of things. I mean, it's still not good. It's not going to put the Vikings top 20 in uh, passing attempts, but it would be impactful, influential type plays. That's the type of thing that I think could shift things in a very big way just by doing a small thing that basically emboldens a couple more people on what you think they have the potential to do. Yep. Uh, By the way, there are some names
2: on the board, some interesting players that could fit the Vikings that we're going to throw out in just a second. But uh, this episode of Purple Daily powered in part by our friends at PXG Minneapolis. If you're a golfer and uh, you like getting out there during the golf season and improving your game, these Gen 4 golf clubs have landed from PXG. Drivers, fairways, hybrids, irons. These are PXG's flagship clubs and hands down the best performing clubs PXG has ever made. Plus, they've got great apparel, too. Um, I just got got a couple of PXG hats in my repertoire now. I'm very excited about. You can find spring and. Oh, summer I'll go check my door for my stuff. Uh, well, maybe you should go golfing for once, and maybe they'll send you some. Uh, I wear swag, swag dude. You should get off your couch, Zolgad. I wear swag. Okay, <laughs> on my couch. PXG in Southdale Center, PXG Minneapolis, and PXG.com dot com slash Minneapolis. So uh, I'll just give you a few interesting things here from the interwebs. So PFF has a full list of the best available players. And uh, Daniel Jeremiah also has a full list on NFL.com of the best remaining players. And I think the one that's the most interesting, I'll give you two, two of the most interesting offensive line candidates for the Vikings to look at today. Interior guard uh, help for the Vikings. Kendrick green guard from Illinois Mm -mm. who, uh, According to Pro Football Focus, was graded as one of the best offensive linemen in all of college football last year. The write-up says he's one of the most explosive linemen in the draft. After switching from defense early in his career, he tied for the FBS lead for big-time blocks, quote-unquote, among interior offensive linemen this past season. So I don't know what a big-time block <laughs> big time. is, but
1: who, 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 Kendrick who Green had a lot big of them. Time block.
2: Big-time blocks. And then another name that keeps popping up here as a guy that could be sort of late second round, early third round is Trey Smith, the guard from Tennessee. So if you're, if you're looking for guard help, there are guys on the board um, that, that, that could help the Vikings out, plus the three quarterbacks, too. Whether you love Kirk or hate Kirk, he doesn't really have a backup right now. Mm-hmm. And they could use a developmental guy under contract for a few years, holding a clipboard. So Kyle Trask, Kellen Mond, Davis Mills are all going to go most likely tonight, either in the second or the third round. And so the Vikings – and then there's, there's a bunch of edge rushers too um, that could be interesting. Uh, one that pops up on a couple of lists here is – and I might butcher the pronunciation, but Dio Odenembo from uh, Vanderbilt. So um, keep an eye on some of these guys tonight for the Vikings. I think guard, edge, quarterback – maybe interior defensive line if they find someone that they think can play three technique and um, put some pressure on quarterbacks up the middle.
0: So th- they've got picks um, in the third round. They've got picks 66, 78, 86, and 90. And I think what, what you said at the uh, top of the show is probably the thing that I'm also going to be the most focused on, and I think they'll do it, is what do you do to get into the second round? What do you do? here? So So to backtrack on on a thing that I talked about last night. I don't think the frustration, we think our frustration with Rick is trading back in the first round at times. And I don't think that's true. I think he's done a pretty good job when when he has traded back. I, I mean, last night on paper, that's a great trade, right? That's a great trade. I don't think our frustration is the first round at all. I think our pent up frustration that we don't sit on the couch and acknowledged to our football therapist is more so the middle round starting in the third of moving back to accumulate more picks later in the draft because I think the perception there and it's probably accurate is why are you not taking the best players available who are still there in let's say the third fourth or fifth round yes like like how is a seventh round pick who who might not be drafted but you stop him and you draft him so you don't don't have to uh negotiate with him against uh teams after the draft. How's that a good idea? So I think our pent up frustration with Rick and the Vikings is way more moving back when there's potential quality there in the 3rd, 4th or 5th round and that quality is just clearly superior to that extra 7th round pick that you get. Yep. I'm with you. It's Seventh round picks, okay,
2: it's great every once in a while when one of them becomes a special teams player for you or on the rare occasion that, like, you get an undrafted Thielen or Anthony Harris, right? Yeah, it happens, but you're more likely, if you load up on third and fourth round picks in this case, to find a couple guys in that range than you would in the seventh. So that's my one plea to Rick tonight. If you're going to (laughs) trade, trade trade up into the second round and get a player that has a better chance of being a contributor or a a pro bowler for example
0: if they don't take a qb today are you going to be disappointed do do you care do you care much about this next tier this next group of three really that exists my my brain works very logically with things like
2: this and that all right? I, there's a little bit of emotion, but... Did you see Declan? Declan's like, what? Yeah.
0: Logical? Yeah. <laughs> this is not This is logic. It's football. Yeah.
2: So he, he, here's where I'm at with it, okay? There is, historically, once you get past the first, second rounds, okay? And, and, you know, obviously there are Russell Wilsons and Tom Brady's, but when you get to the third round or the fourth round, there's like a 20% chance maximum that those quarterbacks pan out to be starters for you. like Like quality... They, they gave you at least a few years of being a good high caliber starter um so i don't i'm not going to be super upset if they don't take that twenty percent chance on a quarterback now there's there's probably a similar percent chance on any other player that you would draft as well i mean at least the the good news for some of the other positions is at the very least they can become like depth guys or special teamers right. or something i mean if a quarterback can't play he can't play and he's just off your roster so it's a little bit more of a volatile pick so, would I would I be highly interested in seeing what Kellen Mond could do mobility and sitting behind Kirk for a year? Yeah. I I I would I would endorse that draft pick. Would I savage them for not picking a quarterback in the 3rd or 4th round? No, it would be a little disappointing, but they've clearly committed to Kirk. They 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 had some discussions this offseason. They kicked the tires on potentially getting out from underneath that contract, but they are committed to Kirk in 2021. And while it would be really nice to have a backup that isn't Sean Mannion, let's face it, if they have to use a backup quarterback for any stretch of time in two thousand twenty one, they're gonna lose games anyways. So I would like them to draft a quarterback. Mm -hmm. I will not lose four nights of sleep after the draft if they don't draft a quarterback. Well you lose so many three nights of sleep.
0: Two and a half.
2: You got so many picks in the third and fourth round, it really makes no sense to not draft a quarterback. Like you've got more picks at this point than any team in the in the draft. In the NFL uh for the next two nights, so use one on a quarterback and and see what happens. That's where I'm at with it. second round pick
0: second round pick get you're a second round up you're pick. trading up trade for... trade up yeah i I am one thousand percent. I don't need this many potential third and fourth round picks. I, I think it's what um it's seven picks in in those two rounds. I can easily use collateral from those two rounds to get a s- second round pick, and then you know what if you take a QB. That, that's fine. My guess, so if I had to handicap this thing, my guess is that the first pick off the board for the Vikings tonight, when they do make that pick, I'm going defensive end. Here's another name to watch then, and this is
2: probably more of a third round. I don't know I don't know if this is a trade-up into the second round, but our guy Tyler Fornis uh, turned us on to this name. Cameron Sample, edge rusher from Tulane. Mm-hmm. He had an 84-run defense grade and a 90-pass rushing grade for Tulane last year, he was among the best graded edge rushers in all of college football. And, uh, and the question is oh, he didn't really play against great competition. And so, you know, that's, that's why he's not going to be quite as high. Cause he played, played at Tulane, but cam sample could be somebody that the Vikings have their eye on as an edge rusher in the third or fourth round the next couple of days. So, all right. Any final thoughts from you guys before we uh, go back into hibernation until our live stream tonight on purple daily, YouTube,
1: I told uh, I told Mackie this morning. Last night, after I went to bed, after uploading everything, I yeah. had recurring dreams that I was in war rooms and mock drafts all night long. I was literally dreaming of really? football. football. I was dreaming of like football you last specific? Night. Like you specific. I think so. Or like what? Know, I got to start writing. I, I know, like you, you, they say you should write down your dreams right away when you wake up because you forget them as time goes on. But yes, I remember being like with Rick Spielman. And other people in TCO, and they were like the draft board was playing out, and Trader Rick was on the phone. It went and like I kept waking up in the middle of the night, and then I'd go back to sleep, and I'd be back in the draft room. It was crazy. I was literally, oh, that's I was in a REM weird. cycle of, of of draft cycles, man. It was a awesome.
2: REMs of rem. REMs. Oh my cycle. god, that's great. Draft <laughs> rooms. It was awesome. Amazing. Did you have any actual like sway and pull in the room, or were you just sort of? Sitting I was there? just there.
1: Yeah, I was just more observing, like okay. a fly on the wall. So you did Did you get
2: freak. like throw out your opinion and they shot it down, or did
0: you?
1: you no, just no. I just, I was just watching. I was just observing. I was just observing. They didn't want my. <laughs> just, I, I tried to, you know, input. Hey, Drew Locke for a sixth round pick, and no one heard me. It was weird. You,
0: you kept saying one name. <laughs> yeah, Teddy. Drew. Bring back Teddy. Drew. I love Teddy.
2: <laughs> All right, boys. That's a wrap on this episode of Purple Daily, presented also by Federated. So Federated's been helping business owners for over a hundred years in the state of Minnesota. And uh, they can help you if you are looking. Let's say you're, uh, you know, your your business is a quarterback and you need some protection. Well, that's what Federated is your left tackle. Federated is your Christian Darisaw <laughs> as a business owner. And uh, and you can find out more about the tools they provide, like MyShield and the, the peace of mind that they can give you as a business owner at federatedinsurance.com. Federated, it's our business to protect yours. All right, boys, we'll do it again tonight. Live stream, Purple Daily Draft Special. We'll see what the Vikings do in the second and third rounds. Super fun weekend, and thanks again to everyone who clicked that subscribe button last night to get us over 14,000 subs on the Purple Daily YouTube channel. Whether you consume us via podcast or uh, via YouTube, we appreciate you, and uh, we'll do it again tonight.